and I also had this revelation that like why Marty and I are always in sync and Brandon, you and I are not in sync. It's because I'm clapping to his sound and you're clapping to his sound on your end, which is not in sync with my sound on my end. Anyway, it's science. Welcome to the Freelance Dance, a weekly conversation between three experienced freelancers who are navigating the ups and downs and the ins and outs of the freelance dance. My name is Jake Knight, joined by my co-hosts, Marty Theory and Brandon Watts. Welcome to the Freelance Dance. Did you guys take, take art in high school, like as a required class? Yes, I did. I was homeschooled, so new. No. So, okay. All right. So that wasn't even like an option. Did you color? Did you, if it wasn't, let's just put it this Did way. Have- I, uh, let's just put it this way. I, <laughs> I am not an artiste by any stretch of the imagination. Can't draw anything, can barely color. So not my forte. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I took art in high school and had a crazy art teacher who was very talented, famous in England for his, his, uh, his work. Um, but he didn't have a neck. And so that was kind of funny. He joked about like, he didn't have a neck. It was just like head and shoulders. Um, but I found I can only draw when I was in the room. I had a very high, hard time like drawing outside, like on my own. Um, I did a couple years of, of art, thought it was cool, but I don't know, Marty, what about you? Um, I love drawing, uh, growing up, I, uh, draw, I drew all the time. I actually, wanted to be a cartoonist growing up. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah. That's like, that was still, I mean, who knows? I probably still could. I think, I think I still got it. I don't know. I but think anyway. we need a freelance dance cartoon, man. <laughs> I think we need a weekly freelance dance cartoon. Well, cartoon I just love freelancers. Yeah. I, I loved, um, I wanted to draw like, uh, like Animaniacs and Tiny Toons and the Warner Brothers. Like I, uh, that, their, their animation style, that whole entire Warner Brothers animation style was always something that really fascinated me. And even Disney. I mean, a lot of the Disney stuff um, back in the day. See, I feel like there's a, there's a whole um, genre of movies that we're no longer going to get because of 3d animation. Now, I mean, when it started with toy story and now mostly all of, you know, you you get a lot of computer generated, uh, uh, movies now, but like that whole just piece of paper on a, on, a, you know, and being able to animate and be able to draw from, from just your hand. That was, that's, that's a, a huge talent that I think, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Computers are great, but I feel like you're, you're missing some kind of, you're just that feel that, that feeling or that just like that, uh, raw, like human, um, it's not perfect. It's, it's almost, it's just, it, it looks, it's just that, that look and feel is, is, is missing. Well, mark my words. I We're going to get some of those coming back. Yeah. There's going to be some throwbacks. Yeah. Everything old is new again. Um, I hope so. so. That'd be awesome. It would be awesome. So it's funny. You mentioned that about the also sidebar. I loved Animaniacs. That yes. was oh, me too. Favorite, okay. favorite shows. Yeah. I'd Great seen show. every episode. I forgot about that right after school. Yeah. Um, I had, my sister was like a baby. Uh, I'm 11, 10 years old, older than she is. So I would come home, babysit her. My mom was off working and Animaniacs was just kind of like what, what I did 
you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway. Definitely. Um, so design, design. Here's one thing I found is interesting. If you've ever been to a museum, you'll find people collecting at different spots, right? There'll be a statue that some people are gathered around. There'll be a couple of paintings, but I've gone and maybe you guys feel the same way. I've definitely looked at paintings or sculptures or statues and been like, huh, cool. And like, I don't know why this thing is worth $3 million on the wall of the museum. It's, it's neat. Um, but then others I want, I'd love to have it in my house. Like I bought the reprint at the gift shop because I'm like, there's, there's a picture I've got. Um, it's a lion laying on a beach, white sand, water in the background. It's this beautiful lion. Somebody painted like who would have thought a lion on a beach would be something that would resonate with me, but I just loved it. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about that? Like that, that a objective look at art and everybody kind of has a different, know, a different taste. Yeah. I think everyone has a different view. I mean, they're, they're, everybody's definitely has their own view of what, what's good and what's not. Um, it's all subjective. I mean, you're going to, you're what you grew up on or what your past is, uh, is going to be based on what kind of art you like, or, you know, you just, if you get into it and you start getting into art and history and, um, you start broadening your horizons and opening up your mind a little bit to the different types of art styles. Um, you start, you may find something it's just with like with music or any other, any other type of art. Um, specifically, uh, if we're talking about paintings or if we're talking about, uh, style of art or style of, of painting or style of drawing, you know, there's, you can, I think people can appreciate different things. Um, but what you're normally drawn to is, you know, could change. I, for me, it changes all the time, but I don't know, Brandon, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, someone as someone who's not into art or not doesn't fully appreciate or understand it. I mean, I when I see something I like, I know it, but I've never understood how people define what good what art is good. And that's been a thing that's been, you know, a common thought is how do you define what what you like? I mean, what's that artist? I forget the artist who like his it's he has like urinals. <laughs> do you guys know what I'm talking about? My wife and I always use this guy as an example, like. He literally just has like a urinal and like, that's his art. (laughs) I forget his name, but anyways, you can fact check me on that, but it just, it just shows you that. And and, you know, you see art with like four dots on it and you're like, this is worth millions of dollars. What happened? I've never understood that about art. I guess I'm a pretty like plus or minus person. Like something's either good or it's not. So for me to process art, it's hard because I'm a very logical minded person. So it's weird for me to walk through a museum and look at art and try to determine what is actually good. I know what I like, but I don't know what makes it good. I mean, it's, I like it because I like it, but I'm not judging it on criteria of design for sure. I I think that's so fascinating because I'm with you. I've been to the MoMA, the museum of modern art and, and I have, so that's a, that's an art form that I have a hard time with some, some of the modern art um, things, you know, a few splashes of paint on a canvas abstract. and mm-hmm. yeah, more abstract stuff for sure. I, but here's the other thing that I've come to appreciate. Um, in, in any field, breaking the rules when you don't know the rules is you're just doing it wrong. But when you break the rules because you know, the rules you're doing it on purpose, sometimes that can translate into art. 
or that can be a deliberate conscious decision to do that. I think design, there's probably a lot of things that like, you know, rule of thirds is a common design thing. Um, breaking that on purpose in a, you know, a subtle context or whatever, because you know that and it's for an effect could be interesting. I guess what I'm thinking is as freelancers across the board, a lot of us have websites, we have business cards, we have logos that were designed by somebody. Um, or maybe we designed it ourselves like on Wix or Squarespace or, or something. How, how do you, how do you establish like, what's just some good foundational design principles? Is there anything that you can do just like right off the bat to go, Hey, do this is going to make your design better or don't do this. Cause this is going to, the, the average human, I'm not talking about connoisseurs of artwork who like the four dots. I'm with you there, Brandon. I'm not, mm-hmm. not a fan of the four dots. Um, <laughs> But so, so Marty, you're kind of so, our designer in residence here. Oh, so who me? Okay. You, well, yeah. Here, here's the thing. First of all, we need to separate two things. So we need to separate art and design, right? So great. So art is, uh, decoration. Okay. Decoration, something, something nice, something to put on the wall, something that, uh, makes you, gives you, it still gives you an emotional, uh, uh, experience. Um, but it's not something that is functional or uh, can be okay. used or can be, can solve a problem. And that is what design is. So design is for solving problems, being functional, um, executing something. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, even, even just if you think about architecture or fashion or, um, so, you know, something outside of what I do, I'm trying to think of other things that are technically called, or, or yeah, there are design, but they're, they're used to, uh, build and, and create. And which is not necessarily, you know, could a piece of design be looked at as, as artwork? Yes. Could artwork be looked at design? Sure. But, uh, and, you know, you can clump those things together kind of sort of, they could solve problems. Each one could, could solve, a, you know, solve a, I, I'm feeling sad. So I, I, um, I want to look at this painting and it makes me feel better. Um, or I, uh, I, I, I'm in, I want to, I want to feel something period. And I, that's why people go to a museum and they see that a work piece of art and that, you know, you could look at a piece of art and start crying and, and you don't even know why but because it just feels like something that, you know, just, just like if you heard a song or something like that, um, art can, art can, can stir those feelings. Whereas design is purposeful design is, is, um, you have, you're going to be using that to, to do something. It's going to be used. It's going to be, uh, formed, fabricated, put together something. It's going to be planned. Um, that's what design, that's what design is. So you've got those two different, it's got two, these are two different things that I think we need to make sure that we understand that those two, the two different art and design are not the same at all. So it kind of feels like to me, like art is something that an artist might create because they want it. Design is something that's created because it's needed. Right. And, and here's the thing too, like an artist or somebody creating something, you can't stop them from creating it. Right. Like you're not just an artist. They, they just want to, they just wanted to create things. Whereas I got a refrigerator of some three-year-old artwork 
And yeah. it's, you can't just, stop her from creating can't that stop, drawing. Can't stop nope, them. Can't. From, can't stop them from creating things. Um, whereas design, you're kind of waiting to see what the next thing is going to be that you're in the design. Um, you could practice, but until you have a real problem or real issue that you need to solve, you're not going to be able to design correctly or at least attack uh, a design uh, without having that problem that came with it, whatever that is. I, I love it. I love it. Because here's the other thing I think that's a challenge is if I don't know, if I don't have a design background and I ask someone to build me a website and they say, this is a great website. I mean, I don't know. How do I know that? Well, do you think it looks good? Like, do you know? And, and that's the thing too. So being a designer, it, it, you know, you've, you've figured out how to solve problems and you're, you, and you can only be a good designer if you, if you have to solve problems on a, uh, you solve problems all the time. So, um, you know, you understand why, uh, you have to put the button where it's going to, where you're going to put the button. You understand why the logo has to go over here and not over here. Um, and you know why this, like when you're, for instance, topography, like topography, you know, that it's, that is a, that is a, its own discipline. Like you could have, you could have a, a good six month course on topography itself and learning the ins and outs of, of why and how, why to, to make uh, reading an enjoyable experience or why for, for whatever reason, when I look at this block of, of, of letters and headers and lists and stuff and, and things all together in one, one area, why does that look so much better on the New York times than it does on, I don't know, you know, somebody's random blog. Like I'm why happy are those to two, hear you say that to those two, the two, two different, why do those two different things? What, you know, because of the designer learned topography and learned how to use uh, or learned how to, to uh, put letters and, and letting and all the things that you do to, to make topography or to make uh, things legible look better than it does on somebody who didn't and somebody who, who didn't put any of that, uh, that effort into it. I think that's one of the hardest things. So I, I do some design. But topography is one of the areas that I always struggle because all the applications are like, here's a list of 500 fonts. Pick your mm -hmm. favorite. There's, yeah. there's, there's no qualification. There's no like, what are you writing about? Who's your audience? My sister's a calligrapher and knows all about kerning and all the different, yep. all the things that have to yeah. do with, with uh, fonts. And, and it, it is that in itself is an art form. So should I, I shouldn't feel bad that I struggle with trying to pick the right font for what I'm doing is what you're saying. Well, <laughs> that it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of time and effort to understand the right use of fonts. There are a lot of good resources out there that will point you in the right direction and that will help you. Um, that will basically say that will guide you and say, okay, use this rule of thirds for how to, how to, how to set up your, uh, topography scale or, um, you know, if you're a web developer, um, there's, you know, what is your, what is it? What is the, what's the best, What's the best, uh, what is, what are the, what does text look good at a, at, on a desktop compared to mobile and where should, you know, what size point font should, should the, the, uh, text be, um, should it be a serif font? Should it be a sans serif font? Um, what looks better? So those things are all, you know, th those are also subjective. I mean, those, some of those things 
you can make, you, you know, what kind of style are you, are you trying to portray? What kind of, um, air, air are you trying to, 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 uh, or brand what's, what's your brand? You know, if it's sans serif fonts, um, it's going to be, you're going to be, feel like it's super relaxed and, and informal. If what it's is serif fonts, sans what serif. Is, so, um, so like Helvetica, you know, have the font Helvetica, probably more, most, that is a sans serif font. Just it's, it's, a uh, nice rounded edges. Um, no, no little, so you have ser- serif fonts, which have little, little, um, I'm trying to like, not say no, super it's technical hard to design it kind of audio version <laughs> uh, of this without physically. I'm trying to say, the, but, yeah, look at the yeah. New York times logo. That's a serif font. It's got yeah. the little jut outs on the, on the letters, which brings me and I'll, I'll jump in on Actually, this because it's not, but well close (laughs) yeah i'm not a designer but we all we all know when we see a typeface that has the weird like um like on a t where on the rounded part of yeah like the handlebars exactly like they on all the letters have handlebars that's the best way to describe it for a non-designer you you notice that on a sans serif i prefer sans serif and what i'm about to do is recommend a couple fonts for you so i'm a writer and writers use different fonts for word processing. So what looks good to me might look different than in a design. I like Inconsolata and IBM Plex. These are two fonts you can use in a word processor. Check them out. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not a designer, but for a typeface for writing in a word processor, Inconsolata and IBM Plex are some pretty good options. But let's bring this around to, because I think we need to talk about what this means for freelancers and and it's starting to go in that direction but marty we think of design trends like back in the day everything had a drop shadow um you know back in the day colors were a thing and then suddenly it was everything was chrome like there's there are trends that are agreed upon based on timing and it makes me think of the apple event that we just saw Apple has been this whole aluminum trend and everything looks gray and black and now suddenly they have these iMacs out that are a callback to the old days with tons of colors, looks like a rainbow, and color is back in the design of their industrial design. So I'm just curious, like from a designer's point of view, what are the trends? What what can freelancers think about with their websites, you know, their presentations, whatever? What are some current trends that would make almost anyone look good? Not the parts that are subjective. But like just general best practices, is it a font style? Is it a color palette? Is it, you know, like I mentioned, drop shadows were everywhere and then they went away. So is there something that's cool now that just looks good for anyone? Do you have anything like that? I hate this question. I'm sorry. (laughs) You're going to answer it. (laughs) Facts. You're under contract. Well, trends, that's the thing. They are trends. They're going to come and go. Um, and I, I hate this question because it is so subjective. Like it is re- literally like I could tell you what I like. Right. But every, it's like I web 2.0. Looks- well, think about web 2.0. Every website looks the same. They all look the same yeah. Yeah. and they look the same for a reason because it was working and people liked it. So that's what I'm saying. It's not can, even the subjective I, part. I it's compare, like the can, industry. Yeah. I have to compare it to other, other types of industries like music, um, even like interior decorating. You know, I mean, back in the seventies, you know, shag rugs and, and, and pink bathrooms were a thing. Lava lamps, lava lamps. And that's what, you know, 
that's what people thought was, was in and that's what people wanted. And so they did it that way. It's the same thing in any other industry design music sounded completely different in the sixties and seventies than it did in the nineties and the two thousands or eighties and nineties. Um, and it sounds completely different now, but guess what? It's all come back around, right? I mean, all of these trends that we've had, all these, all of the, 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 uh, drop shadows that you're talking about are the rounded edges or the super skeuomorphic design of things. Some of that's coming back. I mean, if you've seen some of the new icons in in, uh, in Mac OS, um, whatever version we're in, what is this called? The high Sierra. I don't even know. Uh, yeah. Big Sur. Big Sur. We're in Big Sur. Yeah. Big Sur, you know, it's starting to bring you, you're starting to see those little drop shadows. What you're starting to see right now, tons of gradients, gradients everywhere. Instagram. That's the reason why we're seeing gradients because Instagram has that and they had started using that in their logo. I, I think Instagram started it, but, or Facebook. Um, I've always, always like, if you could do like for me personally, my favorite type of design is simpler and just adding just a little bit of kind of little bit of detail, little bit of detail. Like for instance, if you have a flat button, if you just add a little bit, maybe a 10%, little bit of a gradient to the edge of it at the bottom, and it just looks a little bit shiny, not a, not a ton, a little bit shiny, just a tiny little bit of a drop shadow on something. Just a little bit kind of gives it just a little more depth, just a little more texture or detail. Even, you know, that was the thing too. You, I would, I would study, I would study some of these icons and the things that they would do just to see where they put the little extra detail to make it back in the day when they did Scrimorphic. Now, you know, now the icons aren't as, aren't as detailed. They're starting to come back. That stuff is starting to come back. Um, here's the thing. Like if you want to make something that's going to look good, just for always, um, you know, you're, you're, you're never going to be, uh, you're never going to go wrong with, with trying to, uh, just create, uh, is to create, start a system design system and start a design system and start, start from, and, and start with the little mini, little mini, uh, buttons, the little tokens, just start with tokens, come up with a color system, come up with, uh, a topography system, come up with, uh, you, you're, you then start with cards and then start with, you know, if you're designing, if you're designing a website and you start small and you start building on those things and iterate and start combining and taking these little, all your little components and putting them together. Um, you start to cre- create a giant, like a big theme of, of, of things. And if stuff starts to, to, to match as you're creating that system, then you've got your own little, little mini system that you created. And that's going to be that to me, that's how you start a good design is you start at the smallest little components, whether it's, I always, I always try to start at color. I start with color and topography and I try to find, well, what's, what's the, um, what's the, uh, the message or the, um, my, uh, what am I trying to say? Uh, what, what is the, the air that I'm trying to get off, give off or, or what, what kind of brand am I trying to represent? Am I trying to be friendly? Am I trying to be serious? Am I trying to be a bank? Am I trying to be, you know, what is that? And that's, again, that's design. You're trying to solve those problems. Who are the people coming to my, my website or who are the people coming to my, uh, my store? Um, you know, and that has all that, all those questions that you have to research first, then you can start on working on your design. 
But I, I feel like first I need to say um, thanks for not answering Brandon's question, wink, wink, <laughs> and for answering Brandon's <laughs> question about the design trends that uh, that came about. Um, but also second too is like some of the practical things of you talked about, you know, some of the detailed, more nuanced things about the design, the small things, typography. But I think the third lesson that we can take away from this is that it's important to hire a designer if you're going to be doing something that you need to design. somebody who's talented at what they do in that space, because it is like another language, right? It's like an architect for a house. You have, you could, you could sketch out what you'd like your house to look like, but you don't want to be responsible for load bearing walls, you know, have a dinner party and everybody dies because you didn't do the, the walls. Right. <laughs> like, like in, in, in saying that, like, but honestly though, in design, it can be life or death when it comes to the success of a business based on the website. We make snap judgments when we go to a website and we look at it. And if, and if something's off, if it doesn't, or if it feels dated, a lot of times if it feels like, oh my goodness, this hasn't, this is 10 years old. I'm not, I don't trust this because I think there's also this weird relationship with design and trust. We've, if, if the design feels like we like it, then inherently like there's a trust layer that just, that gets stacked on top almost automatically. Like, okay, I relate to this. I, well, I trust and this then company. I also, I mean, I'll kind of counter with that, that there's also very highly functional websites that people go there specifically to, to, to get information like your Reddit's or your hacker news. Um, some of your, your, um, if you even think about like Craigslist, right. That, that is a, that somebody come to come to you and say, Hey, I love this design. No, <laughs> so no. Say they loved, love the Craigslist design, but it's super functional and it gets the job done. Hacker news is just a list of news stories in the giant orange bar at the top. And it's not pretty at all, but millions of people visit it every day. And that's a successful so, website. So, and I, I, that this, this concept is fascinating to me because of, of these two things. Um, Craigslist, why do people go there? Because they want to deal on some used item. They don't care the interface. They're looking, they're looking for what that service offers. If a Craigslist competitor came out that was easier to use, more friendly. Um, oh, oh, I'm sorry. That's eBay. Isn't that eBay? I mean, that's another version of, is it, is Craigslist local? No. eBay's looked the same for a long time too. I guess the point is if, if your product is so in need, people don't care what your design is. You have found an awesome product. <laughs> that, that's just it. But most of us don't have luxury. Yeah. If you found yeah. a Craigslist, um, I actually heard a story once of a guy who was making a killing in Google AdSense. It was a dating site in Canada. He was making like, I don't know, 500,000 a month in Google AdSense revenue. And because it's based on click-through rates of people actually clicking from one page to the other, all of the images that people uploaded for their profile pictures, he didn't edit or didn't adjust. So whatever format, they got squished into this little thing. So you couldn't actually see what somebody looked like until you clicked on their profile because <laughs> the, the image was just like morphed. You know, that's like when the image is stretched where it's not supposed to. Um, a, a functional design <laughs> flaw that actually created revenue. I think that's fascinating too. I'm going to be the the token non-designer in here, but I while you guys were talking, I've just been Googling web design trends for 2021. <clears throat> and I actually would recommend you do that. Pretty interesting stuff. Uh, as a non-designer, 
the term scrolly telling was new to me. But you know what? We're we're very familiar with that trend. Web um, Apple does that on the just go to the new iMac page as you scroll. Yep. The story unfolds. Pieces come in. That is a trend. And I've seen that on a lot of websites lately. Scrolly telling. So stuff like this. I mean, there are some pretty common agreed upon things that are happening. Parallax animation. That's another thing I just saw that I'm like, yeah, I'm seeing that everywhere. There are some common things that people are doing right now. Again, it's up to interpretation, but it is interesting what you can do with design to tell a story and um, pretty cool. Yeah, but at the same time. um, I will say that. The use case specifically, if you have the right imagery, if you have the right text, if you have the right everything that is set up like an Apple product then you're going to actually be able to do something that looks like that. But just to do parallax or just to do uh, anything like that, just because you can or want to, um, and also not consider, you know, there are shortcuts to do those things, which also uh, bring your website and your, (laughs) the performance down to his knees without doing it the right way. You have, you know, the 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 technology behind and the and the and the uh you're 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 not gonna it's not gonna be cheap to do what Apple's doing. <laughs> no, just to say really like, tell, yeah. tell, tell me <laughs> more about that. Just the so trends the stuff, in general. Yeah, those tre- that that specific trend alone uh could could severely hurt your website and and hurt your your traffic because of if you do it wrong, your performance is gonna be gonna be destroyed. And so and that is that, a big that, deal. Yeah. yeah, it's huge. That's huge. And your, your website's not usable and you're not, you didn't consider all of your users. So th- that's the thing with trends. It's like trends, this is going to come and go. And so Apple's going to come up with a new way to do something next, next year. And it's, and people are going to follow behind it, but it's not always the best way, best route. Understanding who your users are, why they're coming to your website, understanding that your, your, your website, you have understanding cognitive load. And why, uh, you know, that it's going to take five seconds for someone to determine whether or not they're going to stay on your website or go to the next tab that they have open. Um, those things, that's, that's where you come in. That's the actual design part. That's the design part of understanding where, uh, how you're solving those problems. Um, and, you know, it's nice to have the, the fancy and, 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 and um, trendy stuff that you can do on your site, but it doesn't solve the problem that uh that might do you you might have that's different from what apple has so apple's so, expected to come out with something like that right apple that's a that's you you expect them to yeah you they're expect them that what that site better look good it better be fast it better be it better be able to to smooth scrolly through that entire entire page and it better be easy to do it on my phone and my and uh and on my desktop and look exactly the same and so that trend right there you know who knows how much money that costs to do that. And so if you try to copy that, that's what I'm saying. If you're trying to copy that, that trend, um, there's, there's worse ways to do it. (laughs) There's bad ways to do it. And then that's when you're, you're going to get caught and that's, or that's when you're going to get in trouble. Um, so not looking at as, Oh, Apple did this. So I should do it. No. What does your user want? What is it? What is your, what are the problems you're solving? And then design your site, then then work on your site. Okay, so I'm hearing I'm hearing two sides of this beautiful coin. 
because I think it's important to be informed. It's important to be informed about what are the trends, what's current, because here's the other thing. You don't want to be caught, you know, deciding to sell your house and you've got shag carpet and you're like, what? That's not cool anymore. The resale value goes down. That's important to know the trends. That's right. Yeah. And I'm going to, to I mean, I think it's important to say this because I think the answer people don't want to hear is there is no trend. Like I can't tell you what makes good design. Like someone like me and I'm, you guys both design. So I'm the outlier here. I want to hear this is what's popular now. I don't care if it's going to be popular next year. Like just the Googling I'm doing has been very informative because I'm like, yes, I'm seeing that a lot in terms of old school fonts, muted color palettes, blurred backgrounds. I mean, this is what I'm talking about. Current trends you see on websites that when implemented make you look as if you're now like that's never going to be a good design and you're never going to be able to answer that question. But people like me, the client side who don't know design, we just want to hear what are people using today? So it's good to have an answer for that. I mean, yes, you're not going to have an Apple scrolly telling thing, which I love that word now. I never heard of it. You're not going to have that on every website because it is excessive, but done well man like a reporter like there's a lot of news sites that are using that to tell stories that's awesome so instead of just running through four paragraphs of text there are media brands that have come out that use scrolly telling to report news that is a good design tampa bay times tampa bay times does a really good job see and so that's an example of using that smartly so yeah i mean it is it is so subjective i think that's what's so difficult about design and why i have trouble with it it's because there is no answer i mean we're basically going in a circle now because we have no good answer to this. It's just, what do you like? <laughs> That's what makes it hard. And That's why it's hard to be a designer. That, that, but that also is kind of why we wanted to bring this topic up too about, about design, because it, it is subjective, but, but listen, like Marty said, if your design doesn't have a purpose, if, if you're not trying to solve someone's problem, A, your product doesn't matter. It's irrelevant at that point. If you can't clearly communicate through your website, through design, the problem you're solving, it doesn't matter if you have scrolly tell or if you have, you know, fancy designs or if it's minimalistic or if it's whatever, it, it doesn't matter. So I think go back, listen to the story brand episode where we talk about the reason about finding your ideal customer and then making some of those decisions. But here's the other thing that is also important. You don't want to be all things to everyone. You don't want to have a design that everyone loves. In fact, if your design makes some people go, oh, I hate that. Great. They're not your customer. On the contrast, if they're supposed to be your customer and they say that, well, then you have a problem. So this, that's another thing that you need to like kind of figure out and work out those details. But um, we're available for a fee, small fee, the three of us. We'll consult with you and help you figure those details out. Um, I mean, the most popular website on the planet has their logo and a search bar. And that's it. So That's great design. Great oh, design. Google. Okay. It is great design. Google. You know, timeless because it's functional, right? It's functional. It solves a problem. Most popular website on the planet. Can you imagine if you had to scroll through a bunch of scrolly telling to get to the search box? It wouldn't work. (laughs) (laughs) But I would never know the life expectancy of a squirrel. I'd never find that out. Is it the most aesthetically pleasing website? No. Is it the most well-designed website? Probably. Yeah. Uh, For the for the reason. Yeah, Yeah. For the use. So. Okay. Well, that's good. This, I think this has been very informative from t- to hear even some of like the contrasting I- ideas around design because it is very subjective. But here, here's, here's my takeaway. Go to an art museum and look at something that you think is gross 
and go, why do I not like this? And look at something you love and go, why do I love this? Just be, become a more informed consumer, right? Become a more informed, like, why do you like the things you like, hate the things you hate? It's going to help you become a better freelancer. Well, you and your think? taste can change. Your taste can change. Everyone's taste can change. Everyone can be educated or learn to like something or understand why something's good and why something's not. And also too, here's the thing. We're, we're living in a time now with NFTs, okay? That people are selling, buying things for, for millions of dollars that are, are six, six, uh, track, uh, or, or six, um, <laughs> what do I say? These gifts that are made in six with six images done. That's it. I did this with nine images. This is the original one. Here it is. Uh, $6 million. You know what I mean? And that's it. And it's so again, subjective does you know, you, you, you have no idea why, why something's good and why something's not good. <laughs> and, and even good could just be the fact that it's the first one of its kind. Yeah. Right. It doesn't mm-hmm. even have to look aesthetically pleasing, but it's yeah. just unique. And that's well, what's also, okay. and then also too, we're, we're with the internet, we're not um, told anymore what's good and what's not. We're not told what's, that's why it's really hard to tell what's popular because now anything can be popular and you don't know, even know why it's popular. Whereas before you had the radio that told told you it was popular or you had people, people, art critics or movie critics back that would just be uh-huh. say like, here, this is what it is. This is what, I this just is want what's, you to know what you, should, what you should like. That marketing isn't dead. And I, I will still tell you what's cool. <laughs> just you, you want, you want to buy these sneakers that are blue and white and have this brand on it because I said so, and it's on your page. So, but you have an ad blocker, so you wouldn't see those anyway. Nope. Wouldn't see it. Wouldn't see it. Okay. All right. That's well, why I well, get Kanye West to wear those sneakers. And then I'll be like, <laughs> yes, I will wear those. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I'm taking notes on that. I'll call Kanye later. Um, all right. Well, that was, that was, I enjoyed that. This, it's always nice to talk about something that there isn't, there isn't a solution. There isn't a definitive this is what's right. This is what's wrong. This is what's in the middle. There is a lot of that. I don't know. Gray Subject, area. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Subjectivity. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Well, now that we've um, either angered some people or put some people to sleep, <laughs> either way, it's fine. Um, I think it's time to talk about our freelance dance picks of the week. And, you know, week, based dance. on, based on a recent review, Jake, I think people love that we don't know who's going to go first. I can't believe that was called out in a review. So, you know, we keep talking about trying to come up with an order, but I think the people want us to not know who's going first. So, Jake, please surprise us. Are you you ready? Here's what we're going to do this time. I used to do this in class when I was when I taught. Um, What is the the day that you were born? What's the number? Whoever has the lowest number goes first. What number of the day? So of the month. Thirty one. Eight. Joe, that was you easy. kidding me? Marty was going to lose 31? by default. <laughs> it's like, wait, hold it's on. like some. What was so? What was the question again? <laughs> the 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 you're like how many months in it? How many days in a month? The the day that you were born. What was the number? Okay, and then and then what? And then you go first because you're the last. And then you go first, first because because the the lower the number goes first, and then it progressively goes up. Okay, so I was born on the first. Oh, really? For real? <laughs> you said 31st. This guy's a liar. <laughs> Folks, it's so just in. Marty's Brandon's messing going, with Brandon's us. Go, Brandon's going first. No, but so who's Brandon, J- what's Jake, though? What are you? Because that's, that's the order. Ni- 19. Oh, and here's, I'm, a, I'm here's a fun fact. I was born on the same day, same month, as my biological father and my great-grandfather. 
the 19. That's pretty bizarre, actually. Of the same oh, yeah. month. It is pretty bizarre. But 19. Okay. That's my uh that's that's my number. So Brandy, you're eight. I'm 19. And Marty, you're 31 or you are you one? I'm 12. Not how old are you? What's your <laughs> no, day of the 12th. month you were born? It's the 12th. Is it really the 12th? Yeah, yeah. It's you, 12th. Man, you talk about a plot twist. <laughs> I am so confused. <laughs> Okay, I don't so, know what's real, is, guys. Am I having a stroke? Oh, I'm, I'm, we're in the live recording. Yes. Uh, it's the okay. It's that's the okay. truth. That's the truth. Eight, it's twelve, 12. nineteen. Got it. Okay. Go. So it's Brandon, Marty, okay. and me. I thought that because was it was it was the lowest number, I would go first, and that's why I said thirty-one first. And then I was like, Oh, oh I well, see. I see. Yeah. If it was the first, then I'll go. I'll go first. It was the first. <laughs> All so I can tell I you is whoever that reviewer is. They're going to oh, love yeah. this. We just gave them like five <laughs> minutes of deciding who's going to go first. This is their that dream was, come true. So mom shopper, that was for you. That was for you. You're getting a personalized shout out. That's so in, in the line of not knowing what's real anymore, how about this for a transition? <laughs> <laughs> I have quite an app for you this, this week, ladies and gentlemen. Reface. Now, this was already a thing. This thing has thousands of downloads. A lot of people know about it. I, I immediately texted a bunch of my friends and sure enough, most of them had heard of it, but it was new to me. And guess what? It was new to Marty and Jake. So, yep, this was, was a big deal. Now, you know, in previous episodes, I'm a huge fan of AI and what it does. We talked about the what was it? The My Heritage thing, animating photos. Yep. Um, we've talked about copy AI. I love this stuff. But Reface is the most fun you're going to have <laughs> in quite some time. And basically it's a face swapping app, but it's like a deep fake, deep fake app. And you get this app on your phone and you go through here and movie scenes, gifts, viral videos. You just basically give it a photo of you and it swaps your face in. And we've all seen these things before, but this one is legit. This is the most shocking transformation it looks like you're really in these movies there is thousands it's there are so thousands good. of things it's to so choose good. from um we haven't talked about this except on discord so we haven't actually vocally talked about it but we were throwing these things back and forth and laughing <laughs> non-stop all day with how good these deep fakes are what are your guys thoughts on this i mean i think we all have bought it immediately at least the week trial it is so entertaining so please share your thoughts i i'm in love with this <laughs> I, I think it's so incredible, man. I, I did the, the, uh, the 24 bucks for the year and it was like, if you cancel 24 hours before it expires, you know, you can cancel it. And I'm like, okay, so that's 24, 48 hours after I'm like, there's no chance that I'm going to remember to cancel this when I'm supposed to. So I have this for a year. I'm just like all already. And you know what? I'm okay with that. I, I have scrolled through it. I have sent my family things. Um, I sent my parents what I would look like if I was James Bond. Um, oh, the James Bond one. If you're a guy, do the James Bond filter. We all three have done it. That's the first. So I just I've had so five minutes with this app. My wife got it first and she sent me tons of these things. And the first one she sent me was the James Bond one. And all three of us did the James Bond one. And it looks awesome. It's it's not just a scene. You got to keep in mind, this is a sequence. So it looks like you're in a movie. There's like the action scene, the the skiing down the mountain, the, you know, parachuting, and it's got your face in all of them. And what's make, what makes this an interesting app is it's not just content from the company. From what I can tell, it looks like I could be wrong about this. 
it looks like it's user generated because there's tags next to some of the filters. Like people can submit video clips of anything, international TV, you know, anything. I saw that. I was curious about that. Yeah. And it looks like it's crowdsourced. So this is endless. You can search for things. You can find bizarre scenes to put your face in. Marty was Michael Jordan with a bunch of highlights of his dunks. It was hilarious and it looked real. So you've got to try this thing. So Marty, right, well, what were your thoughts? I like, I liked it that you, I mean, not only could you, so you're, I mean, you can put yourself in video like with sound. And so you're, you're these movie scenes that are famous movie scenes from Austin powers or James Bond or whatever. Dumb like, and dumber, tons, dumb and dumber, tons of movies. And you you can, you put your face on there and you see like, I mean, put my face on Jim Carrey and <laughs> this is great. It was great. But you can also, I mean, they also have your regular memes, your animated gifts. Um, Will Ferrell in his bathroom doing the, you know, throwing up his punches or, or throwing up his hands or whatever, dancing. You know, you can put your face on Will Ferrell doing that. And now it's you. You know, I don't know how many times I've sent that gift to people. <laughs> well, that's that's what I like the most about this is it's not just the gimmicky video stuff. Yeah. You can actually go through all the memes and gifts that you all like and put yourself in them and then save them to your phone. So guess what? When you re- respond to texts and things now, you can use yeah. your personalized version of that meme. So and it good. is so realistic. So realistic. I have a handful of people that I can't wait to send those personalized gifts to. And they're going to be like, what the what? What's happening? <laughs> Who is this? Uh, I, did, yeah, I, I didn't, love it. I didn't sign up for the twenty four ninety nine. and I couldn't justify the cost. I'm sorry. I think it's funny, well, but he doesn't like that. The, the two, yeah, the two forty nine. Is that what you did? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, what? I'll, maybe I'll get it later. No big deal. Okay. Well, all I'm saying is that like, if I was going to do the two forty nine for a week, but it just renews every week. And I was like, Oh man, that is like, that's like $200 a year. If I, cause I'm going to forget that week, and, that week one, it yeah. just renews by the way. Well, so I just again? signed up for a week. I just signed up for a week too. Yeah. It's two forty nine a week and then 24 something 99 for a year. But yeah, this could be old after a week and guess what? It's okay. You're going to have amazing fun out of it and you're going <laughs> to save all your personalized gifts by then. So you're done. If you only keep it for a week or two, it's five bucks. Well spent. I mean, you, we oh, have yeah. laughed so hard, <laughs> Jake, that video of you dancing. I don't even know what clip that's from. Like we have watched that. That is one of the funniest, funniest things. It's, I did that one. From, I, I feel like I shouldn't have sent mine because, but anyway, <laughs> um, uh, that was from, that's from, uh, Saturday Night uh, Fever. Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. John Travolta. It was John Travolta. A John Travolta. Yeah. John Travolta dance. Scene. Yeah. And it looked like it was Jake. Out too. It looked it like Jake. It really did. hundred <laughs> percent. And that's what made it hilarious. I feel like it's, it's better for, I don't know. Michelle looked pretty good in the ones that, like she looked like her. Yeah, I tried it with Amanda. If you can find a face that looks similar to yours, it's going to be, you're going to, it's going to be, it's crazy. It's, it's going to be better. Yeah. Okay. But try well, it out guys. Wh- have what's fun. it called again? What's it called? It's called Reface, I think. Let me look. Yeah, Reface. That's how new it is I, to me. I couldn't remember I the did, name. Okay. I did a bunch of Al Pacino ones and I was like, I can't even tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been a movie star. <laughs> enjoy, folks. Right. Um, enjoy, folks. Great, great pick. Uh, Monsieur Matiatiria, you're next. Okay, I'm next. So this just came out yesterday. Okay, this is huge, Ooh. huge. 
if you're uh, in UX or design. Um, I know, I know people like to use other software to design things in, but I don't know why you do. You should just go ahead and use Figma. Okay. Because Figma just came out with another app. It's called Fig Jam and it is awesome. Have so you ever you had go, that on bread? Fig Jam? Uh, Fig I've Jam is good. Yeah, Actually, really good. I, I do. I do love music. Fig some, Newtons. Some Fig, Fig Newtons. Newtons. Melissa, yeah. Melissa bought these new types of Fig Newtons from Whole Foods. Anyway. So it's called Fig Jam. It's an online whiteboard for teams to ideate and brainstorm together. And it is insane. Figma.com slash Fig Jam. Check it out. I'm not going to, you know, go through the whole thing, but if you're a designer or UX person um, and you're already using Figma, like you should, should be, uh, this is, you already know about this. So I don't even know why I'm telling you, but this is a great, it's got, it's got everything you need. Uh, it just lets me charts. draw on the website, like right yeah, away when I right, first get there. Exactly. I can actually you, draw on the website. That's I know. Nuts. I'm a little speechless at it because of how much stuff it can do right now. Um, bringing in your designs into the the Jamboard, which is what these are usually called. Um, so you can create user journey maps, um, mind maps. It's, I mean, you got, it's just, it's a really, it's a really, really nice tool. Um, That's cool, I, man. I think it, I think they hit it out. Of, it's in beta, so, but they hit it out of the park with this one. I like it. Speaking of great design. Yes. This and being able to draw on it when it says that it's an online whiteboard and immediately you draw. I mean, come on. Oh, I'm sold already. Yeah. Like talk about great interactive design. I, I want to know more. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> right from that. There's so many features in here that I could go on and on about right now, but I don't want to because it's just it'll be boring and you guys don't want to bore you guys. But it's a cool app. Thank Check you, it out Marty. if you're a designer. That. Good times. <laughs> Fig jam. <laughs> Fig jam. That's cool, man. That's a great. Um, I love a I love a good old practical product. I love a good practical product. Um, and they, I they just XD dropped it yesterday, like it was like nothing. <laughs> shipping, shipping, good work. Must be nice. <laughs> I <laughs> Must know, be right? Nice. At least someone's um, getting some work done. <sighs> fig jam yeah, during this fig jam. Also great in cookies. Um. Okay, so I my pick this week is also a professional tool um you guys have actually mentioned it before i don't think it's been a pick of the week and it and it could be and if it's fine if we double up on this but toggle do you guys use toggle for time tracking mm, nope okay <laughs> i have used it before i just loved mm, nope <laughs> like i thought he was gonna say yes and then he just I was so dismissive I know, I I know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like he was like, it was tasted good. Mm, I no, nope. I tried, I tried it for a while. Like I tried it for a good month and a half and it was, I mean, yeah, it worked toggle, for a while, but I good. use toggle. I'm not billing hours anymore. My whole business has changed. So I don't need to track my time, but when I did, yes, toggle was what I used all the time. Okay. So, so that's kind of, I'm in a, in a spot. I've got a, I got a new consulting, uh, job with some marketing and it's tracked hourly. Um, but I also was realizing that there's lots of other things that I'd like to know how much time I'm spending on things. Um, cause, because we all wear many hats at our, at our desk, at our office where, where we're at. And sometimes there could be something at the drop of the hat that you're called, or you've got to pick up a phone call and something, but, but you might want to track that time for whatever reason. 
So I was finding that like, I know in previous episodes I've taught, I had like a notepad next to my desk and I would like put time that I was here and time that I got up and that's great. Um, but this has like those toast notifications. That's like, Hey, are you, you need to be tracking time right now. And that's the sort of reminders I need. I need that thing to kind of jump at me in the face. So I, nice. I've only had it for a couple of days. Actually, I say a couple of days yesterday, I downloaded it um, on the recommendation of a different podcast. But time tracking has always been one of those things that has been like a holistic life goal of just understanding like time. What is it? Uh, how does it work? How does it function? They have a new design. I didn't realize. I haven't used it, I haven't used it in a couple of months, so or maybe longer. And, and I'm using the free version. There's a paid version that you can use too, but just the fact that I can click a timer and hit start um, and then tag what I'm doing later is great. And it also has this interesting thing where like, if I'm idle, it will say, Hey, do you want to keep tracking this time? You're, it looks like you're idle. Cause I was on a call today for like almost three hours. And that some of those times I was just sitting there listening, but the app kept tracking because I could kick, click that button that said, no, this is important. So I'm, I'm uh I'm interested in it. I'll give a I'll give an update later on some other future episode. But toggle t o g g l dot com is the uh, is the tool. I will say that another nice thing that they have that toggle has and some of their other competitors. I use another. I use somebody else um, called Harvest Harvest app. But mm, um, I've heard of that. They have a nice they have a nice integration with. Um, well, they're it's a it's a chrome extension but it integrates nicely with other project management systems that you're using so for instance if you're using uh basecamp or asana um it'll actually add like a little track your time button on there so you can automatically track your time based on the you know so in context so whatever if you're on a project or if you're on a task you can add the time and it automatically fills stuff out for you which is nice i think that's cool yeah i feel like this is that Yes, yeah, I feel like this is my entry level into this. I would like something more, a little more automated um, that knows like what browser I'm using based on like what task and assign that. But this is, I'm just getting into it. Dipping I got my an toes. app for you. Yeah? Check out. Yeah. Is, it, is it Timery? I think it's called t- Timely. Oh, Timely. Okay. <laughs> um, give me time. Okay. Um, our show just got censored because we were not supposed to do any musical quotes. Um, <laughs> There's Apple's another like one. That. Yeah, is it timely? I can't. I can't remember. There's a bunch side of note. Them. Side note on these two picks, Marty's and Jake's. If you're talking about design. Both websites are cool. I mean, this is what I'm thinking of when I think of a web. Now, the the toggle one is not quite there, but has some modern elements. You'll see. Again, I mentioned with the Fig Jam website. Go to the Fig Jam website. Not just drawing on it, but the way it's laid out. The the structure of it i mean this is what i'm thinking of when i think of a modern website so it's kind of cool that our picks show some kind of bold you know like very prominent web design that's not just like cookie cutter stuff so anyway it's kind of cool that those two websites are a little progressive animations going on in the background you know cool stuff but yeah love toggle good well those are some great great uh nice picks i'm also going to be uh creating more. I think this, this coming week, we'll probably share on the stories, uh, some of our fun, uh, videos of us, probably not in the feed, but, um, some, some of our, some oh, of we've our, got some uh, face app. Yeah, we got yep. some goodies. Um, just you wait and see. All right. Well, gents, this has been lovely. Great, great time. I love spending this time with you guys literally every week. 
This is like my favorite. I think, is it every week? I think we, we do do it every week, right? Yeah. Mostly it's every week. Yeah. Yeah. It's possible that might change at some point in time, but for right now, it's uh, oh, every, every week. Really? Let's keep it consistent. Oh, no guys. spoiler. We can alerts. do it. We can do it. We can do it. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll start doing uh, three minute episodes. That will be what we'll do is we'll come up with three minute episodes. Oh. Have you seen those? those and yeah, all three minutes are us deciding who's going to give the picks and then we time out. <laughs> Time's up. Time out. See you next week. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, then this has been the Freelance Dance. Um, check us out on all of the socials at yes, the Freelance please. Dance. Uh, you can find me at uh, at Jake underscore J J A Y on Twitter at Marty Lewis and at Brandon Watts. And we'd love to hear from you. Send us a message. Right. L O U I S. Lewis. L O U I S. Don't. Yeah. Don't that, get the wrong that Marty L E W I S. Don't talk to him. No, no, that guy is not a designer. Know. That guy. No, no. <laughs> don't talk to that. Not guy. a friend of, not a friend of the show. Don't think nope. so. Sorry, um, Marty at Marty L E W I S. <laughs> now I'm going to go check that. out who that is. I don't even know. <laughs> if right? You've been right. mentioning a podcast note, <laughs> on that note. Thanks for coming. And until next time. See ya. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Freelance Dance. If you found this episode helpful, we'd love it if you would leave us a review. Have an idea for a show or a question? Go to thefreelancedance.com or hit us up on Twitter at underscore Freelance Dance. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Until next time.